Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Thought I'd throw a few fireworks in there for you and welcome you into the new year, so to speak, at least almost. So how's it going, everybody? Can you believe it? We're there. Last day, Malachi. Book of Malachi, last chapter in the book of Revelation. <laughs> Pretty exciting. And for everybody who's been here through the year, you know it's exciting. And if you just joined us, which I hope you did, just as a warm-up for this next year, we are going to start tomorrow, Genesis 1, Matthew 1. So I'm going to pre-record it today as we have church tomorrow. So we'll try and get it posted um, early. Sometimes we post it you know, 12 o'clock midnight, just depends on, on when my editors can get it up and it will be there for you to listen to. So if you go to church and you want to listen to it when you come home, that's great. Or when you first get up before you go to church, I encourage you to do that as you're, and once you start on the first, you kind of have the motivation to keep going every day, uh, through the entire year. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, invite, this is the day to invite everybody. This is the day. Say, tomorrow we're starting new. You won't miss anything if you start with us. So please make that known to them. Remember, they can just go to calvarypv.com and, and hit watch live. That's the easiest. But we are, if you go to, you can listen to the radio on pv.com. You can also go to your own Facebook page, your own YouTube page. Uh, Rumble, we're now on Rumble and Twitter. Although you have to on Rumble, you have to go to search channel search channel and then look up Manna for Breakfast. You just can't type that in under a video because the videos are all named after the books we're, we're reading and the chapters. And that might apply in YouTube as well. YouTube, you look for Calvary Chapel, Puerto Vallarta. Anyway, all that being said, um, we'll see if we have anything quickly this day in history because we do have a lot to read. But uh, why do scuba divers roll backwards off the boat? Because if they rolled forward, they would just fall into the boat. <laughs> that's that's logical, true, sure, sure. Let's see. Ricky Nelson died in a plane crash on this day, 1985. How sad. He's only 45 years old. Manhattan Bridge opens on this day, 1909. Uh, Manhattan Bridge on the East River, New York, opens on this day. First public demonstration of Edison's incandescent light bulb, December 31st, 1879. And let's see. Thomas Jefferson resigns as Secretary of State on this day on 1793. <laughs> How interesting. That should do it. That's enough for that. So, the dad jokes for this morning. Sorry, I should have looked up some New Year jokes but I, I hadn't thought about it to just now. It would, have been, it would have been fun to see what kind of New Year jokes that are out there. I wasn't originally going to get a blank. <laughs> Boy, I need, I need this one. I wasn't originally going to get a brain transplant, but then I changed my mind. <laughs> Which country's capital has the fastest growing population? Ireland. Every day it's Dublin. Yeah. Yep. Okay, we are ready. 
Are you ready? We are ready. We are going to finish her up. The book of Malachi. Father, thank you for this entire year. Thank you for blessing us with your word. Thank you for our manna, which we need every day. Thank you, God, that you are continuing to, to grow us and to strengthen us. And we are just joyful, God. We look forward to what you want to do in the new year and the, the way you're going to continue to mold us and shape us into your image and use us for your kingdom. So, God, we commit this time to you as we close out the year with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Malachi chapter 4. Chapter 1. <laughs> I was thinking chapter. I was already there at the last chapter of the book of, um, of the Old Testament. Chapter 1. We'll get to chapter 4 in just a second. So we want to thank God for what he's doing and ask him to bless us as we are finishing out his word for this year. Father God, thank you for this morning and thank you for bringing us together again and the family that we have and how we can come around your word and celebrate you and thank you for bringing this new life and now bringing us into a new year. So we look forward, God. We know every year brings us closer to your return and it's a joyful thing. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Malachi chapter 1, the oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I guess I should tell you Malachi lived at the same time most likely as Ezra and, uh, well, I'm sorry, Nehemiah and, um, yeah, and Ezra. This is, they've been in the land back in uh, Israel about 100 years now after Babylon. They've been there a long time. The temple's there, the wall's there, everything's been established. They've been worshiping. Remember, they, they dedicated themselves to God. They put away their foreign wives. And now time has gone by. Time has gone by and Malachi shows up and he's noticing something. And he's noticing that they're starting to slip back to old bad habits. So this is where we are in the last book. And this is why it was 400 years before the coming of Christ. These people are supposed to be 100% dedicated to God, supposed to be on fire for the Lord. They're supposed to have learned from their captivity. And Malachi is sent on the scene to remind them of that. Okay, verse 1. An oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord? Yet I love Jacob, but I have hated Esau. And I have made his mountains a desolation and appointed his inheritance for the jackals of the wilderness. Though Edom says, we have been beaten down, but we will return and build up the ruins. Thus says the Lord of hosts, they may build, but I will tear down. The men will call them the wicked territory, the people towards whom the Lord is indignant forever. Your eyes will see this and you will say, the Lord be magnified beyond the border of Israel. A son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where's my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect, says the Lord of hosts to you? O priests who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? Are you presenting defiled food upon my altar? But you say, how have we defiled you? And that you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. But then you present the blind for sacrifice. Is it not evil? 
And when you present the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would you receive, or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? But now, will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us? With such an offering on your part, will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates, that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept any offering from you. For from the rising of the sun, even to the setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense is going to be offered to my name. And a grain offering that is pure. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you are profaning it, and that you say the table of the Lord is defiled. And as for its fruit, its food is to be despised. You also say, my, how tiresome it is. And you disdainfully sniff at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring what was taken by robbery and what is lame and sick. So you bring the offering. Should I receive that from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the swindler who has a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is feared among the nations. Chapter 2. And now this commandment is for you, O priests. If you do not listen, and if you do not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and will curse your blessings. And indeed, I have cursed them already because you are not taking it to heart. Behold, I'm going to rebuke your offering and I will spread refuse on your face, the refuse of your, of your feasts, and you will be taken away with it. Then you will know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant may continue with Levi, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him as an object of reverence. So he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and unrighteousness was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many back from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should pre preserve knowledge, and men should seek instruction from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But as for you, you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by the instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. So I also have made you despised and abased before all the people, just as you are not keeping my ways, but are showing partiality in the instruction. Verse 10. So do not we all have one Father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously each against his brother so as to profane the covenant of our fathers? Judah has dealt treacherously, and an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem, for Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. As for the man who does this, may the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob 
everyone who awakes and answers or who presents an offering to the Lord of hosts. This is another thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears and weeping and with groaning because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth against whom you have dealt treacherously, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. But not one has done so who has a remnant of the Spirit. And what did that one do while he was seeking a godly offspring? Take heed then to your spirit, and let no one deal treacherously against the wife of your youth. I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel, and him who covers his garment with wrong, says the Lord of hosts. So take heed to your spirit, that you do not deal treacherously. You have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, how have we wearied him? And that you say, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or where is the God of justice? Chapter 3. Behold, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. And he will sit as a smelter and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, so that they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as in former times. Then I will draw near to you for judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against those who swear falsely and against those who oppress the wage earner and his wages, the widow and the orphan, and those who turn aside the alien and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? You have robbed God. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, and you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field Cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, and you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, 
What have we spoken against you? You have said, It is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge, and that we have walked in mourning before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the arrogant blessed. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, but they also test God and escape. Verse 16, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord gave attention and heard it. And the book of remembrance was written before them for those who fear the Lord and who esteem his name. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I prepare my own possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Chapter 4 For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaff. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. You will tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under your soles of your feet on the day which I am preparing, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes, the ordinances, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, and he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. There you go. We did it. Congratulations. The end of the book of the Old Testament ends with the book of the Old Testament. Remember the words of the servant Moses. Remember his words. Read his words. Keep them. In, and he has this promise all through this book that there is going to be a blessing that would come upon them, the righteous, if they would follow after God and believe the words in the book and do righteously. It was the book of remembrance. God was going to remember those who would remain faithful to him in those days, not only from coming out of Israel and faithfulness to come back to the temple, but faithfulness to actually uh, being faithful in the worship, the kind of worship, the quality of the worship. That's what's so amazing to me, that God expected them to bring their best. God expected them to maintain and keep him preeminent, number one in all things, in their hearts, in their land, in their marriage, in, their, in what they brought forth to him, in their tithes. You see, all these areas, they're, they're all questioning, all through this, they're questioning God. What, what do you mean? We go to temple, we sacrifice. What's the problem? We're doing what we're supposed to do. And God said, uh, yeah, you're going through the motions, but where's your heart? You wouldn't do this to the government. You wouldn't be this lax if you're bringing gifts and an obedience to the governor and you were serving him, why do you do it with me? 
And boy, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty eye-opening if you think about it, because yes, we live under grace, and yes, we don't have the law, but does suggest that God knows your heart when you come to church. Are you just coming to church to go through the motions? Oh, yeah, I'm going to church because I'm supposed to, and I can't wait till it's over because I really want to go to the beach and blah, blah, blah. Um, where is your heart? Where is your tithe? And what about your relationship and your covenant relationship with the person that you're married to? You see, where he's, he brings that up amongst the priests as well. We are supposed to have holy relationships. We're supposed to have covenant relationships. Not supposed to be living with people and thinking that's okay because he's saying you guys are at that point where you're calling those that are unrighteous righteous. We're there. Everything that we see listed in the New Testament that God condemns, we're now lifting up in the church saying, hey, we don't need to change. We need to change the Bible. We don't need to change. We need to change our church um, our doctrinal statement or our, uh, our, our rules and regulations. We need to include sin as a standardized, approved way of life. We need to, yeah, come behind this. And if you're not, then you're, you're not with the times. God doesn't look at things like that. And we need to be careful. The Old Testament, yes, it was about learning to be righteous under a system and a law. And we learn in the New Testament that no man could do that. But remember, the law was given as a guide. It was given so that man could have a guide in the dark of how to walk with God. And there's nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments. They're quite good. And we can still follow them. And we still should follow them. And again, people want to get all bent out of shape about keeping the Sabbath holy. Read the book of Galatians. We honor the Sabbath because Jesus is the Sabbath rest and we honor him every day. And there's, I have, go to the book of Galatians and listen to that. If somebody's tripping you up online about Christians don't worship on Sunday, Saturday, therefore we're in sin. Don't follow, don't fall into that. Paul didn't, Peter didn't, <laughs> no problem worshiping on Sunday. So anyway, Old Testament, awesome book. We're going to start it tomorrow. And I love the book of Genesis. It is going to be phenomenal. So if, you, if you've never read the book of Genesis in, in depth, chapter by chapter, this will blow your mind because it's foundational to a Christian. The book of Genesis is foundational to everything that we believe in. So looking forward to that. We'll be starting it very soon, in just a few hours. Revelation chapter 22. Now, finishing off the book of Revelation. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and from the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of the lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true. 
and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. For behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at his feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that. I'm a fellow servant. I'm a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren and the prophets and of those who heed the words of this book. Worship God. Verse 10. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong. Let the one who is filthy still be filthy. Let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness. And the one who is holy still keep himself holy. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into my city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers, the immoral persons, the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root of the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty Come, let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in the book. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. And amen. Amen. The entire reading of the scripture in one year. Jesus is coming quickly. When he spoke these words, we recognize Theologians recognize that the coming of Jesus began the end times. And the end times on the scale of humanity and creation and God's timetable, who lives outside of time, is still soon. Coming quickly means it's going to happen in succession when it happens, not coming in, in, in the time frame that we have in the linear scale of time. But when he comes, it's going to happen very, very quickly. And as we see the end times progressing now, have you noticed how things are progressing more and more quickly? Yeah, I mean, a lot more quickly. We were, we're just getting over and getting back to life with this whole COVID thing. And now we hear 240 million people have it in China and people are dropping like flies again. What do you think that's going to do for us next, starting tomorrow? In a few months. 
and, and now we have the promise of a, another rollout in 2025, and we have the promise of digital currency. We have the promise of all kinds of stuff we'll be getting into as we go th- move on in the book of Revelation. All of this tied to a one-world government and a one-world religion. All of it is accelerating rapidly. So he is coming quickly, more quickly than we think. Hopefully we can get through the book of Revelation before he comes. If we don't, I'm fine with that. That'd be fine. And again, he may not come for 50 years. I'm not saying that he's going to come this next year, but the way things are happening, Jesus himself says, I'm coming quickly. When he starts the process of the end of the end of days, coming into the tribulation, it's going to snowball. It's going to happen quickly. But John is seeing all this thing, all of this in heaven. And what is he seeing overall at the end of the book? What is the overall thing that he's seen? Peace. He's gonna, he sees Jesus. He sees God. He sees the believer walking in the millennium with with them, that he can, that they will be able to see him face to face, and that he will illumine them. Did you catch that? He will be the light in the throne of God. There'll be no need in the New Jerusalem for the sun or the moon, but it says here that he will illumine them. And this is why there is a belief, which I like. We can't prove it, but there is a, a theological belief, construct, theory, that Adam and Eve were clothed with light before they fell. And that when they fell, that glory which radiated, which illumined them, the the illumination of God was lost. And that's when they noticed they were naked. And when we then become saved, we will then be illuminated by the glory of God again. And we will have no need for any light around us. And of course, there'll be no night because everywhere we go, we're with him and the spirit and with each other and everything will be illuminated and there'll be no shadows. Try and figure that one out. But in, in, in him, there's no darkness in his heaven. It's one of those quirky things I love to think about. How do you have a, a place where there's no shadows of any kind? That's, that's a lot of light. Well, Thank you, guys. Praise God. We made it through. We're going to now read Charles Spurgeon to finish off. Probably start Charles Spurgeon again tomorrow. Um, probably. I'm still thinking about that. I love. I just love this book that he has. But let's go ahead and read the last one for the year and see what he has to say. No stranger in heaven, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Psalm 73, 24. From day to day and from year to year, my faith believes in the wisdom and love of God. And I know that I shall not believe in vain. No good word of his has ever failed. And I am sure that none shall ever fall to the ground. I put myself into his hand for guidance. I know not the way that I should choose. The Lord shall choose mine inheritance for me. I need counsel and advice, for my duties are intricate, and my condition is involved. The counsel of the infallible God I seek in preference to my own judgment, the advice of friends. Soon the end will come, a few more years, and I must depart out of this world unto my Father. My Lord will be near my bed. He will meet me at heaven's gate. He will welcome me to the glory land. I shall not be a stranger in heaven. My own God and Father will receive me 
to its eternal bliss. I love the last part. We won't be strangers. And he sees God as his father. My own father will receive me. And he is our father. He's our creator. He's our real, our real father. No strangers in heaven. No sadness. No shadows. It's all glorious. That's the future and that's the call. The upward call in Christ Jesus. And that's why we can go into a dark world, into a dark future next year, and be joyful and maintain that joy. So let's do that together. Father God, we thank you for this glorious morning as we come before you and thank you for drawing us closer to you and bringing us through your word this year and giving it to us every morning for our manna. We are reminded how the Israelites needed it every day to survive and how you fed it to them from heaven and we see that God. That symbolism as the very thing that we need and the very thing that you are doing, feeding us from heaven with your words. So we are joyful. We thank you that you care enough about us, that you care about our spiritual health. You care about us and you have not forsaken us. You've not forgotten us. You are with us. And so I thank you, God. And God, we, we just want to yield up to you our entire hearts. And as we now prepare for the new year, again, covet with you to, to continue to serve you this next year and to seek you and to not be like the Israelites that grow lax and lazy in our spiritual walks and just kind of go through the motions. But Father, we want to keep you at the forefront. We want to bring you the best, bring you our hearts. And the, and, and the most precious thing that we have, so to speak, in many, in many aspects is our time. Bring that before you. Bring our hearts before you and even our tithes. Whatever, God, we have. We want to bring our best. So thank you. Thank you for receiving us. Thank you for giving us this, this time together as a family and for the continuation, God, that we will go into next year. And we pray, God, earnestly that you be drawing more people to listen, to be reading whatever, God, to get them into your word because it's absolutely essential now and very much needed in these dark times that we live. So thank you, God, for that and ask you to, we do ask you, God, that you would just draw us and, and, and make us excited, God, about the things you are doing through us. Keep Help us to see the way you're working through the news, through the situations, through our families, and everything that's going to happen this next year. Just show us, God, how you're working through that and how you want to use us in it. And as we close out the year, God, I pray for a blessing for families, restored relationships, pray for healing for those that are still hurting, still in bed, that desire to get up, to desire to get over whatever it is they have. Pray for safe travels for Micah and Carly and Asher as they're flying this morning. We're picking them up. God, thank you for the bringing in my family and my girls here. Thank you for all of that, being together as a family. That is a blessing. We thank you for it. And we thank you for others that are having time with their family as well. And a, a rich blessing on the service, God, as we come before you and be able to spend time with you, God, as we go into the new year. May you, God, receive all the glory. Help us to start the new year right, worshiping you, 
guiding us in your word and growing us in our family, one uh, with another, and be able to yield up to you, God, everything, and not hold back, not re- be, not going into the new year with, with uh, attitudes uh, or, or bad kind of situations in, in the family or unforgiveness. All these things, God, help us lay aside and put you first. So bless you, Father. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And um, we will cover it with you to go into this new year joyfully and go into expectantly to see the things that you want to do in our hearts and, and bringing us, God, in the, in the knowledge that sets us free and, and deepening our relationship with you. This is our goal, God. This is what we ask you to continue to do in us as we receive your manna every single morning. In Jesus' name, amen. There we go. So thank you very much. And look for the first day in Genesis. We'll be out tomorrow. Please take opportunity to listen to it. It will be recorded. Uh, we will probably, if if we have time to edit it, we'll try and get it up on the podcast as well. We're on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. But you can always go to to Rumble and and Facebook and YouTube or not sure about the web page. You won't be able to hit watch live, but you can go to up in the upper corner and hit Facebook live or YouTube live and be able to look, scroll down and see it on Calvary Chapel, Puerto Vallarta, most likely, or try manna for breakfast. Okay, so there we go. Um, we will see you tomorrow with your friends that you've invited. Make sure you invite people. Uh, make sure that you invite them to sit there with you and watch the first one tomorrow after church. I don't know, however you want to do it. And then we will be live again on Monday. So we will see you next year. God bless you all very much. Bye-bye.